Uh, doesn't it feel like it's like 10 o'clock at night right now? I'm like, this weather is just throwing me for a loop. Uh, great to be with you all today. Today's sermon is a, tr- a tricky one for me. Um, today, we, the, the scripture readings want to push you and I to ask what the word faith means. And in some ways, faith is very simple. But its depths, right, are infinite. And so today what I hope to do is I want to, just like every Sunday, I want to invite you into the mystery of what it means to be a Christian. Right? Today I hope by the, at the end of today's Mass or even in the end of the sermon, I hope that you'll just take one step forward and say, Jesus, I want to be deeper in that light, deeper in that mystery. So I don't know if he's here or not. One of my friends, Ed and I, a number of years ago, did something totally insane back when I was cool and still had it together. Um, but, <clears throat> so my brother was an amazing mountaineer and rock climber, and he had climbed the face of Long's Peak, that sheer face, it's called the Diamond, and he had climbed that a number of years ago, and that's way too cool for me, I never do that. But... <clears throat> My brother said, he said, you know, Brian, you should go sometime and see the sunrise at the foot of, of the diamond on Long's Peak. And so my friend Ed and I, and he's a parishioner here now, Ed and I, uh, I think I was like a year into seminary, we had a place to stay up in the mountains, and so we, uh, we were up in Granby, but we woke up at like three in the morning, we drove over Trail Ridge Road and drove up to the trailhead for Long's Peak. And we ran from that trailhead to Chasm Lake, which is at the base of the diamond. It's a seven-mile run. I used to be cool. <laughs> um, we had headlamps. We ran in the dark. And it was pretty amazing. We got up there before the sun rose, and we just kind of waited for it. And when the sun did rise and eventually when the rays started hitting the face of Long's Peak, that was a moment that I can't describe to you. Words would cheapen it. And to try to describe the color that the mountain, that the granite of the the mountain turned, it just doesn't do it justice. And so prior to the, that sunrise, we saw the face of the diamond. You know, it's still dark, but you could make out the broad outlines. But when the sun rose, everything changed. Today, what I want to talk to you about is what the great saints and theologians, both of the ancient church and of the Middle, the middle Ages, what they refer to as the lumen fidei, the light of faith. And brothers and sisters, faith is a light. It's an eternal light. It's a light that comes from God. And it's something where you don't necessarily look differently externally, but it's like that sunrise, everything changes. 
and all of creation, your entire life, uh, what you believe about God and what you hope for, what you love, all the things that you see in your life are cast under a new light. A couple of, of images of this. <clears throat> so, um, I have been on a John Mayer kick recently. I know you have too. So John Mayer says this, he has a song called New Light. He says, yeah, if you give me just one night, you're going to see me in a new light. I said that to Father Vitold this morning. Um, <laughs> that was so inappropriate. Okay. If you, <laughs> if you, he just repeats that. He says, if you give me just one night, you're going to see me in a new light. Yeah, if you give me just one night to meet you underneath the moonlight. We have a lot of marriage prep couples. As I always ask you, please stop getting engaged and you are all disobedient. Um, but we see this, right? When you're engaged, and I, we see so many engaged couples come through our offices, it's wonderful. Praise God for that. And I love that there are people getting married in the church. But when I see those couples, I see them externally. We go through the focus inventory. The focus inventory, you answer 150 statements. And we read their statements, and it says, oh, they agreed about 75% of the time. And, you know, they, their issues when in their relationship are going to be about uh, communications and pets, which does happen. But that's not what they see. That's not what they see. When you fall in love, there's an analogy here. When you fall in love, love enables you to see something that other people don't see. There's a new light that casts a radiance that enables you to see something. So you get, usually we do Greek. Today we're going to do Latin words. So today you get two Latin words. So your first word is ratio. Everybody say ratio. ratio. And your second word is intellectus. For St. Thomas Aquinas and for many other great saints and thinkers in our church, both of these things concern your mind, but they're radically different. They're radically different. Ratio, where we get the word rationality, ratio denotes the work that your mind does to make judgments. So when you're in school and you're memorizing things, or you learn to think logically, or you learn to think scientifically, and you follow a process and you think through it, and you come to a judgment, that's ratio. It's really good and it's really important. But intellectus is higher. And it's much more important. Intellectus is simply when you see something. One word in English that is similar to intellectus that would denote something similarly is insight. 
You didn't think really hard. You didn't follow a rational process. You just saw. And our engaged couples, right, you see this. You know, ladies, a lot of you, I don't know if guys do this. I never did this. <clears throat> I think a lot of women out there, they have like their checklist for their future husband. Guys are like, I'll marry any girl if she actually says yes. Right? <laughs> right? That was me at least. Didn't work out. Um, but, but you could see like maybe that checklist for your future husband is a little bit of ratio. Long hair, into Tolkien, right, knows Latin words and I don't know, whatever else, has this kind of degree, at least six feet tall, ratio. And all of us know couples like this, don't we? You know couples, I think of a, of a girl, Kate O'Brien, that I know. We know couples who married someone that didn't look anything like their checklist. Because there is a moment of intellectus. They saw and they were captivated. Brothers and sisters, this is what faith is. Faith in Jesus Christ. Today in, in Luke 17, the apostles say, Lord, increase our faith. And we're going to get to that, and I want to encourage you today, the practical for your life is you should fall on your knees and beg God that the light of faith in your soul would grow stronger. But that intellect use, that light, this is what faith is, right? When Jesus walked the earth, he looked like us. He was veiled in the flesh. Your, your physical eyes could not tell you that his flesh veiled the infinite divinity of God. Only the light of faith could tell you that. And so faith is a gift from God. You have it, by the way. The church teaches that objectively you received that gift of faith the day you were baptized. But every one of us, every one of us as a Christian man or woman, brothers and sisters, every one of us can let that faith lie dormant and shallow. Or we can take a step deeper into the light. So hang with me. I want to use that image of light a little bit more. In John chapter 1, this is all over the New Testament. But in John chapter 1, the very beginning of the gospel, John 1, 4, it says, speaking of Jesus, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Skipping down to verse 9. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. The true light that enlightens every man was coming into the world. 
You know, people who aren't Christians, it's not that they're unintelligent. I kind of said that in RCIA two weeks ago, and that was not a good thing to say. Um, there is a reason, but that's not for this sermon. It's not that they're unintelligent. It's that the light of faith is not yet in them. And faith, right, for us Christians does not mean I'm not talking about mere belief that God exists. That's what I was getting at in RCIA. To believe that God exists does not require faith. That's just common sense. And there's philosophy that's irrefutable that he exists. But faith is not that. Faith was the moment, Jesus, I saw you. And I learned all the facts of religion. I knew what the church taught about the Eucharist and the sacraments, to some degree at least. I knew what the church taught about the Sunday obligation. I didn't know why, but I knew they taught it. I knew a lot of facts about you, but I had not yet seen. It's like that bride, right, or the girl who's never noticed this guy, and all of a sudden something goes on inside of her, and she sees. St. Augustine says this, when he was going through his conversion, he says, I entered, and with the eye of my soul, such as it was, I saw the light that never changes, casting its rays over the same eye of my soul. It was not the common light of day that is seen by the eye of every living thing of flesh and blood, nor was it some more spacious light of the same sort. What I saw was something quite different from any light we know on earth. It shone above my mind. It was above me because it was itself the light that made me. And I love this line. Listen to this. This speaks so deeply to me. All who know the truth know this light. And all who know this light know eternity. It is the light that charity knows. Faith, brothers and sisters, is a light. It's a light in your soul that enables you to see. And when you have it, what happens is this. Externally, your life looks the same. But just like that sunrise on Long's Peak, everything that was there before is still there, but everything is cast in a new light. And so, if you're married and the light of faith breaks into your soul, your marriage moves from being ordinary like other people and you understand that your marriage is about the kingdom of God breaking into this world. If you are single, you know that your life, whether you remain single or if you get married, that your life is not about that. Because a new light has risen and shone on your life. And what really matters is that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead and has made all things new. 
and eternity has shown its light into time. St. Paul says that in 1 Corinthians 7. If you're rich and you're successful, you know if you have the light of faith that that is given to you to bring about the kingdom of God in this world. And you will look at money differently from other people. If you are poor, you will not spend your days wishing you were rich. But you'll know that Jesus himself was poor and his poverty was a way of union with God the Father. Faith is a new light. It casts light on everything we know and see. One last point today is very simple. How do we grow in that? The apostles today say, Jesus, increase our faith. There's two things you have to do. There's two things that we can do to increase our faith. And what I want you to know is that, that God gives us the gift of faith, brothers and sisters, but that we have a responsibility. Faith is about this thing right here. It's not about ratio, it's about intellectus. It's about seeing something. And you can only see if you do two things. The first thing is this, is that faith is a process. It's not a one-time yes or no, it's a process. And that's why it can increase. The apostles today say increase our faith. So what every one of us has to do, if you want to increase in faith, is you must surrender at a deeper level to Jesus. You have to do that somehow. Things that help with that, by the way, silence is critical. This morning, I was like, my homily is not ready yet, so I got up super early, and I sat in my office and worked on my homily, and I watched the sunrise, and it was silent. And my soul had a peace and a calm that I don't have when I'm not doing things like that. But you've got to surrender. So, so faith is a process. It's a step. You've got to walk. You have to follow Christ. You have to say, Lord, you know what? I, I don't trust you as much as I should. And I know you want this from me, and so I'm going to take another step. The second thing is this. In John chapter 3, St. John says this. John says, this is the judgment that the light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. This is a haunting line. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. If you want to see, and maybe you say, Father Brian, I don't commit any major sins. All of us, every single one of us in this church has the ability to turn our hearts more deeply to the light. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. C.S. Lewis, I bet you've heard this story before. 
because I've told it like a thousand times at Mass. C.S. Lewis says when he became a Christian, he had no interest in becoming a Christian. No interest at all. But he says what led him to, to find faith in Christ was that for the first time, he said in a long time, he was intentionally trying to live a moral life. For the first time in a long time, I was intentionally trying to live a moral life. Brothers and sisters, the more the saints would all tell us, but the more that we see that light, the deeper our desire goes. The more we thirst for the light. Wherever you're at in your faith today, you can increase in it. Your vision for what life is and who God is can be transformed by the beauty and the glory of God. But you can't be on the fence. You've got to be following him. And your heart has to turn to the light. Jesus, Lord, today, grant us a deeper faith. 